I take you now to the year 1991. <laughs> Nina, you're a bouncing baby girl. Yeah, I'm one. <laughs> Brian, you have just received your first copy of AARP magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Brian no longer has to pay to ride the public bus. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the Marvel teams we want to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are a lot of teams to choose from in Marvel Comics, and we wrote about a lot of them over on Looper.com in our Marvel teams you want to see in the MCU article. I'm going to mention some of the ones that I know of that I definitely would love to see in the MCU. And the first one here is the Young Avengers, which we all know they seem to be building, right? Like... Can we all agree that the Young Avengers are basically like one phase away from being announced? They're just going to wait. For, it's definitely going to happen. There's no yeah, question. They're, they're going to wait for Willie and Billy to get a little older. And yeah. yes, I know it's Tommy and Billy, but I like Willie and Billy better. I think um, fantastic. I think that's what they should have been named. Willie and Billy. You should um, tell Wanda that for sure. She'll take it well. It's the same name, just with one <laughs> as a nickname. And one Just saying, I don't name. think she handles criticism particularly well, so I'd tread carefully. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Never mind. So the Young Avengers came out in, I'd say, like the mid-2000s, sort of as Marvel's riff on um, Teen Titans in this interesting way. Um, mm -hmm. For the longest time, the X-Men and the Teen Titans were kind of corollaries between Marvel and DC, where there was a lot of soap opera aspects, a lot of, you know, younger characters interacting with some older characters being placed in tough situations. And the X-Men started out as a school. So a lot of the characters kind of have that kind of feed in from the young, the young superhero game to the older superhero game. So X-Men and, and Teen Titans were how they kind of lined up. But then uh, Marvel went and created this, this book called The Young Avengers that had very, like, pretty much altogether brand new versions, younger versions of established Avengers characters. And it was really cool. So you have Kate Bishop, who's going to be in the new Hawkeye show. You had Speed and Wiccan, who are the aforementioned Willie and Billy. Hulkling, who's a Skrull. We talked about this very recently in a different video. And Patriot, I think was his name, who was Elijah Bradley's yeah. grandson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Iron Lad, who is a young version of Kang from the future to our present trying to change his own villainous future. So there was a real a lot of really cool stuff that they did that was that was a fun kind of Marvel filtered version of Teen Titans that was interesting and I think that it went on for much longer than I continued to read. So I would be curious to see that uh show up. So that was one of them. Another one was the Future Foundation, which is kind of a riff on the Fantastic 4 getting weirder and bigger with lots of Strange characters. I know Tom, you have some thoughts about the Future Foundation. Do you? Want I that? love the F Future Foundation. I think they're fantastic. They were terrific. Uh, yeah, Waka. <laughs> uh, no, they were great. Yeah, it was. It was sort of what like late two thousands, early twenty tens, and uh, mm -hmm. they decided to expand the Fantastic Four universe a little bit. They had this whole skyscraper, and so right. why not use it to start educating and creating a better tomorrow that was the idea mm -hmm. it was nice it was optimistic sci-fi and it's yeah. a bunch of weirdos well, taking and a bunch of other weirdos <laughs> to uh yeah to try and turn them into better weirdos again it's sort wonderful. of like a riff a riff on the x-men teen titans thing where it's a lot of superpowered characters but now they're in this 
school, the Future Foundation, and they're learning to be better super weirdos. That's exactly what you said. There was uh, the Fantastic Four. Spider-Man was in there for a little while. You Mm got Sue and Reed Richards, two superpowered kids. Valeria Richards in particular being super duper smart. And then you had, what was it? Like Franklin. a clone of the thinker, right? Yeah. Wasn't there a clone uh, uh, of the, the thinker? Wizard. The wizard. The that wizard. was it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and the wizard like isn't a wizard. Man. He's, he's just the science bad guy. He was he's just like, basically the leader with a smaller head. Yeah. No, yeah. it's yeah. And the leader is just the Hulk, but brains instead of muscles. See, we're like, we're breaking down all the various ways in which Marvel takes a concept and says, what if what if Hulk but brains except muscles? You know, right. like what if Hulk? Right. How can we take muscles? one idea and yeah. make five different permutations out of it? Right. Or twenty exactly. or forty like, or eighty. Like they say, what what if Spider-Man yeah. but bad and 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 gooey and you get venom? And then you say, What yeah. if Venom but red? And then you get Carnage. And then and gooier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> gooier. Even gooier. With this uh, time with more goo. More yeah. goo. Double the goo. <laughs> Less goo, um, toxin. Yeah, no, it, that's perfect. exactly right. Electric booga goo, is that anything? It's something. Not, it's not yet, nothing. but it'll get there. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can workshop it. So yeah, Future Foundation's a really fun one. And so obviously we'd have to wait until Fantastic Four are introduced for anything resembling the Future Foundation to happen. But what a cool modern take on the Fantastic Four story, right? Because like back in the 60s, the Fantastic Four is hey, these four people stole a rocket ship, went into space, and turned super. And now it's more like these four superheroes who do crazy adventures are now kind of trying to make it so that all these other strange beings in the world are being geared towards a more positive future. Putting some great responsibility to that great power. That's right, Mm -hmm. exactly. The Marvel way. Um, But (laughs) the one that I was really drawn to and wanted to talk about is called Next Wave Agents of Hate. Um, so I read this back when it came out and I think it was a two very, very t- short two volume series. Basically they put out two collections that I own that are right here. Hey. Just to, there you go. Here. That one's yeah. backwards. There you go <laughs> there. So I reread them this morning or I reread the first one, I should say. And, uh, it's a lot goofier than I remember, but it was always, so basically the premise here is that it's just kind of like. What if S.H.I.E.L.D. was extremely evil and dumb? And instead of, <laughs> instead of flying around in a flying aircraft carrier, they flew around in a flying submarine. And what if instead of having a super team like the Avengers, they had a different super team that went rogue because they found out that they were evil and dumb? So that's Next Wave. So it's, it's five superheroes, Photon, Monica Rambeau, who we met in mm-hmm. uh, Captain Marvel, the first Captain Marvel movie, and then in WandaVision. Machine Man, who yeah. is a robot. Uh, um, Elsa Bloodstone, who's the daughter of an older Marvel character named Wolfgang Bloodstone. I don't remember his first name. <laughs> Something Bloodstone. And he fought Monster. Wolfgang sounds good. I'll accept that. It might be Wolfgang. I'm sure. Let's put it right, right here what his actual name is. His name is this. Bloodhound gang. Right. Um, so, and then who else is in that? Boom Boom from X Force, whose oh, yeah. power was to make things explode. And there was one more. Oh, the captain. This is the only brand new character. Um, his name was Captain, and then it had a bunch of um, like asterisks for a curse word. And so they just Ooh, called him the, risque. the captain. Yeah. Yes, it was very edgy. I'm imagining um, all the possibilities that that could be. 
So what's, what's interesting? What's interesting about this book is that it's basically just kind of this deconstruction of superheroes generally. It's it's written by uh, Warren Ellis and illustrated by Stuart Immonen, oh. and so the art is really really mm -hmm. great. It's really dynamic and exciting. Um, the writing is really stripped back. It's very catchphrasey. It's very tongue in cheek. Um, it doesn't read as well today as I remember it. Mm -hmm. When did it come out? Oh seven. Okay. So it's been a while. It's been a minute. Okay. But I can see this coming to the MCU in an interesting way um, because you've already got um, you've already got Photon, and then the rest of the characters you could just introduce however the heck you want, and you could just kind of make it more of a you know Agents of Shield with a higher budget, um, not taking things too seriously, being funny, sort of Guardians of the Galaxy on Earth. Let's just call it that. Oh, okay. Guardians of the Galaxy, but on planet Earth, and that's basically that. what it is. They yeah, it's, you know, the, the concept's a little too high. Like, it can't be a one-to-one -one translation from the comic book to the MCU. You'd have to do a lot of adaptation. The tone mm -hmm. of the book doesn't fit, like, even the rest of the Marvel Universe. It takes place in its own little thing. I mean, just for, as an example, the first issue starts in a town called Abscess, Iowa. Nice. Like, it's just, like, very, it's very, it's intentionally goofy <laughs> and silly. And it's not meant to be taken very seriously. So again, it wouldn't fit super well in the MCU, but I love the idea of a super powered group of, of, of people, you know, screwing up and taking down monsters. Like in the first issue, they fight Fin Fang Foom, who's this great character from the 60s, who's just a giant dragon in purple underpants. Perfect. So yeah, next wave, Agents of Hate instead of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm just imagining the poster is that Arrested Development running gag of the Magicians Alliance where it's like mm -hmm. they're all posing and it says, we demand to be taken seriously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's your, exactly. there's your movie poster just built yeah. in. <laughs> I, think, I think there's room for it in the MCU. I think that it would have to skew a little goofier than a yeah. lot of the rest of it. Um, but clearly Marvel's ready to do things like that. Like the episode of What If was, it was basically like, it was, a, it, I know it's animated already, but this was the first episode of What If that was basically a cartoon where like Captain Marvel and Thor fight because Thor is just like throwing a party that's going to destroy the earth. So they're sharing sure. each other to different countries and you can see the name of the country when you zoom out to see the planet earth. It was very, very goofy. So I'm thinking this is a long walk to say, I think they could do it. Sure. I don't see why Thank not. You. Thank you for yeah. indulging me in this long monologue early in You're the welcome. video. I hope people are still watching. I somehow doubt it. <laughs> oh, Brian. But Nina, Nina, yes. what's what super team do you think uh, you'd like to see in the MCU? Uh, Bloodhound Gang, obviously. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd be a great fit. No, I have a real pick. Mm -hmm. I promise. Um, okay. I so I um, was also looking at the article on looper.com and uh i i mean this is gonna be very on brand for me so everyone act really surprised when i picked this i picked the lady okay. liberators um <gasps> oh. shocker and uh it was actually pretty interesting to do some research on this because uh the first there have been two team-ups for the lady liberators and the first one was in 19 in the 1970s which is right when the second iteration of the equal rights amendment was being championed by you know, women's lib movements and stuff like that. If you watched um, the FX show, Mrs. America from last year, you know all mm. about that. And I feel like four people have, and one of them is me. 
but <laughs> MCU star Kate Blanchett was in it. So right. So anyway, basically, in the first one, uh, a woman that appears to be Valkyrie and looks like Valkyrie, she assembles a group that includes, let's see, it has Wasp, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, and Medusa, whom we have not seen. Or am I correct that we've not seen Medusa? On, not on the big screen, certainly, but has she been in any well, smaller uh, spinoff characters? She, yeah, she was in the Inhumans show. That okay. Did well, that's what IMAX run. It was on the big screen. Okay, that's if you were unlucky such a enough to wild pay, technicality. To yeah. pay money to see it okay, let me ask a differently phrased question. Has Medusa been in the any phases, official ones of the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet? I mean, te- technically, Inhumans is part of the MCU, but no one right, has fine. ever mentioned it. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. give it to you and say no. Well, I mean, it doesn't really... It, it has no bearing on whether or not the Lady Liberators could be in it if she's been in the MCU already or not. I just, right. I haven't sure. seen Inhuman, so I haven't experienced Medusa. So I basically they Valerie. team up. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically the woman who we later learn is posing as Valkyrie, who is actually a, a character we've discussed on the show before, Amora the Enchantress from ah, Asgard. Yeah. She uh, tells she of this the, group of, of the fancy pants. Yes, the yes. She pants tells them the that she um, wants to like battle sexism in the world. So she gets gets the girls together to go fight misogyny. Um, and then at the end of it, like one male superhero is like, I hope you gals learned your lesson about women's lib or something <laughs> awful. And, and you're just like, oh, this was written in, in 1970. No, they're just like, they, they're like, we'll come back again if we have to keep defending feminism. But then they brought it back in 2008 and it made slightly more sense. And it was that She-Hulk got the crap kicked out of her by Red Hulk and wanted revenge. And so she assembles a team and this team is Real Valkyrie, Thundra <laughs> Joins, Black Widow, Susan Richards, Tigra, Hellcat, Spider-Woman, and Storm. So there's a Wait, lot of X-Men crossover. You said Hellcat, here. right? Yes. I thought I heard you say Hellcat. That's, That's a better a name. Character. Which would like she'd like wave, wave her tail around and fly. No, I'm imagining Stanley pitching it right now. Hellcat. <laughs> It's a okay, cat. I have to write an email. To, I have to write an email to Marvel Hellicat. after this about how Hellcat should definitely become Hellcat and grow little helicopters on her head. I'm very um, sorry I interrupted you. Please go on. No, that's totally fine. Um, the and dumbest apparently, thing I could have said. <laughs> no, it might be the dumbest thing I've ever said because I just said Hellcat. <laughs> but but that's so much better than Hellcat. Hellcat's Is fine, it? but Hellcat you just birthed a billion dollar franchise, Steiner. Let's Welcome to the one just- uh, Hellcat purist in the comments who's gonna like. <laughs> Screaming for an hour. <laughs> I, the adventures Keep I've already rotors. imagined for Hellcat is you know, better than anything I've seen. Something Hellcat I always yet. have to thank you two for is taking my dumb, dumb mistakes and making them into a solid riff. You do this so often. I mean, um, I know it's dumb, dumb yeah. mistakes. This is really. <laughs> this is my wheelhouse. Oh man! So anyway, it's a huge group of females. A lot of people from, um, you know, who would like Susan Richards and. Storm would have to come in as part of the the assuming upcoming merge, right? Of of everything right. coming back together. So obviously, like the modern iteration might be more difficult. I mean, we She Hulk is coming soon, mm-hmm. um, so it's again not out of the question. And I think the rumor of the about the Olivia Wilde movie is that it is the Spider Woman movie. Whatever oh, she's yeah, doing right. for the MCU, Jessica Drew. It's still not confirmed. Yeah, but right. um, that is the rumor is that Olivia mm-hmm. Wilde's doing the Spider Woman movie. And so basically this group subdues uh, Red Hulk and they defeat him and they avenge She-Hulk and, and everybody has a great time, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason, the real reason I picked the Lady Liberators is uh, 
look, I love Endgame. You guys love Endgame. We all love Endgame. But that scene of all the women lining up yeah. was nice and pandering it in that it really lasted for eight to ten seconds and then it was over. <laughs> it was it was rough stuff. It, I did not love it. And I know that that's not a feeling that I, that I feel by myself in the world. Um, and I just would love to see like, especially because I feel like, you know, uh, there hasn't been like a truly, truly awesome kind of right. female led outing in the MCU just yet. And I feel like when you get right. people like Tatiana Maslany and Tessa Thompson, and if mm-hmm. Florence Pugh takes over the Black Widow role, like her, uh, uh, this could be a really fun group of actresses to play around with. Yeah. And I just think it could be a great time based on who's already cast as these people. Yeah. I, I think I think that there's going to be, you know, I love the expanded role that Wasp had in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Yeah. I liked a lot of parts of Captain Marvel and I'm really looking forward to the sequel. I am too. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think, I think it's, it's a I think it's going to be really that fun. It could have yeah. been a lot better, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like the character a lot. And I, I, yeah. I think that, you know, then we've got the Miss Marvel show that's coming. We've right. got, the aforementioned Kate Bishop Hawkeye, who it right. is already a lot more exciting yeah. than yeah. The other and Hawkeye. and again, we have the aforementioned She Hulk with her own mm-hmm. show, yeah, exactly. And so you know, we have a lot happening. And I liked uh, parts of Captain Marvel too, but the only thing right. about Captain Marvel as a female superhero is she's she's such a like she's such a Deus Ex Machina, right? She shows up and she is like always all powerful, right? And that's it. And it doesn't. It's, I think it's more interesting to, you know, the, the Avengers got the, the stuffing kicked out of them regularly. And that was like, that's part of the tension. That's part of the fun of a superhero movie. And I think it could be great to watch right. a group of female superheroes, like really claw their way and, you know, into a battle and, and reign supreme. Yeah. I think it could be really cool. Bring back Jessica Jones. Bring her back. Oh my Kristen God. Riddle. I loved her. Yeah. So there's, but, there's be, a lot but of... have her play the character from don't trust the bee in apartment 23. <laughs> yeah. Merge the two. Yeah. Merge yeah. Two I want her as that character. Yeah. Yeah. We should see if Disney owns the rights to that show. I believe um, that they do. <laughs> very good. Uh, cool. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great pick. And I think that, you know, so if, if they could get some version of that and make it not feel like a focus grouped pandering eight second shot yeah. from a bigger movie. Yeah. I would like that the would opposite of the thing that happened in Endgame, but its own movie. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love <laughs> Me it. Me too. All right. Thanks. Now, now, Tom, what is uh, a Marvel team that you'd like to see in the MCU? What can you bring to the table here today? I don't think you have much to bring to the table, but maybe- Tom is always out. so unprepared for these chats. It's I know. so ridiculous. Yeah. I'm a simple man with a simple mind. <laughs> I don't believe that in it for and one second. I don't second. know art. But I know what I like. And guys, what I want to talk about is, is ecstatics. Uh, Brian, I, I, I think maybe you've, you know, a little bit about it. Nina, I wasn't sure if you, if you did or not. No, nope, I'm just going to buckle up and enjoy the ride. Well, let's go on a ride then. Okay. Uh, yeah. I take you now to the year 1991. <laughs> Nina, you're a bouncing baby girl. Yeah, I'm one. <laughs> Brian, you have just received your first copy of AARP magazine. <laughs> Brian no longer has to pay to ride the public bus. <laughs> and his moons over my hammy cost a mere 75 cents on the dollar. There were good times. <laughs> and one of the biggest comic books in the world is X-Force. It was created by Rob Liefeld. It is uh, the militaristic uh, extension of the X-Men. It's X-Men, but with the 
pathos X-Men of plus guns. the yeah, the, they're basically the X-Men, but bad guys, but still calling themselves good guys. They get to kill a lot of people. You get lots of classic characters. You get Cable. You get Domino. Oh. You get the Shatterstar. Only, of course, it's 1991 and it's it's Rob Liefeld, so they're all extreme. And uh, it's one of the most successful comics of the time because it's exactly what everybody wants. It's giant muscles and teeny tiny girl waists and pouches on pouches. And the series goes on and it keeps being extreme. And time passes. And days turn into months and months into years. Ten years uh-huh. go by. The Hertz rent a car company changes celebrity spokespeople. For good reason. <laughs> and in 2001, uh, they're still doing their thing. They're, they're still in X Force. Uh, it's a slightly. Different group of people, but like uh, they're they're all still doing it. They're still very extreme. Only, of course, it's two thousand one, so now they're all wearing black leather. And <laughs> one hundred and fifteen issues of this of this comic go on telling the same continuous story, and then just kind of out of nowhere, they all disappear. And they bring in with issue one sixteen, they bring in like a whole new team with a completely different vibe like there's this kind of like a pop art look to it it's written by uh, a new writer named peter milligan and it's it's being drawn by uh mike allred who does this this terrific kind of semi jack kirby art style and they bring in all of these new characters that you've never heard of before uh they're fantastic there's this guy named zeitgeist who at 13 years old no 14 years old uh finds out that his vomit can melt people's flesh when he uh, gets drunk at a party and and starts to make out with a girl and then accidentally takes her face off. And then uh, <laughs> uh, there's this dude, Battering Ram, who's, you know, your classic, like, muscle guy. He, he, he smashes through stuff. He's very concerned about his place on the team. You have got uh, this gin genie who can create seismic waves as long as she's drunk they're all kind of trash cans is the cool thing they are i just uh, got my new halloween costume See? <laughs> and it's gin genie <laughs> she speaks to a lot of us Perfect. Uh, <laughs> they're uh reality tv show stars is their thing they go out and they slaughter people wholesale on pay-per-view television and they are famous for being famous and for killing people and it's this Stunning indictment of the comic book industry and what superheroes have become and celebrity culture and everything. Mm-hmm. There are all of these fantastic. There's uh, Plasm, who's a uh, kind of like half liquid, half gas, melty man. There's La, La, La Nuit, the uh, the Frenchman who controls dark energy. There is, of course, everybody's favorite. That's all Frenchman. Sluck. Yeah. There's Sluck. What's his name? Sluck. Sluck. <laughs> He's got face things. That's his power. Uh, that's how they describe it. He's got face things. Oh, my God. So it's this fantastic, new, weird, colorful team uh, that Nina, I thought you would get a kick out of. I They're a lot of fun. I need this movie injected into my veins at the next possible opportunity. I need it to come out tomorrow. Is it already done? (laughs) I think it could be a lot of fun. Uh, I especially, like, I I love Sluck. I don't know if you love Sluck. I I love Sluck. I mean, I'm looking at Sluck and I love, how do you not love Sluck? How does and you not love a face like that? That's what I'm or, saying, and that's what makes it like so difficult uh, when they they kill him three pages into the first story. <laughs> Poor Sluck. And well, then everybody else. So everybody, oh, okay. 
on the team is dead by the end of the first issue, except for <laughs> two characters uh, and uh, and the cameraman for the group, a guy named Dupe, who's just like a uh, jelly bean that floats around speaking alien speak all the time. It is the grossest, weirdest comic book. I, I loved this story so much. Every issue was like this. They would bring in new characters and you never knew who was going to make it to the next story, who was going to be an ongoing character. From a historical perspective, it's also fascinating because it changed the way that Marvel Comics made stories uh, at this point in history. Up uh, until now, like ever since 1954, there was this thing called the Comics Code Authority, which was uh, the comic book industry's way of self-regulating and making sure that the government didn't come in and like put ratings on stuff. And uh, they had to send all of their stories to an objective third party, theoretically, that was going to stamp them with approval and say, this isn't too violent and Batman and Robin aren't going to do kissing. So everything's going to be fine. And, uh, it's all true. And in 2001, they sent the first issue of this new team of, uh, of X-Force. They sent the, they sent this new team of X-Force members, uh, to the comic code authority. And they got back a message that said, yeah, this, this isn't okay. <laughs> it's horrifying. And Marvel said for the first time in almost 50 years, eh, and they printed it anyway, and they didn't care. And uh, that was sort of the last nail in the coffin for the Comics Code Authority. It, it would like it would keep right. existing a little bit for another 10 years, but by 2011, like the last game in town had stopped looking for these people's approval, and people were just kind of telling whatever stories they wanted to tell. Because most so of I the people who write comic too. books, most of the people who write comic books are people our age instead of actual children right which is right. its own issue in some ways <laughs> but here we are here we are yeah here they've done are. something right yes yeah okay anyway chef's kiss perfect no notes 10 out of 10 terrific team <laughs> yes i would love, I love to it. see this mo especially if they did the same thing if they just didn't care about this tom who is your dream kind of director for this movie mm. oh man like Edgar who would Wright, maybe Edgar Wright? I was, I was just thinking about to Edgar say. Wright. Yeah. Oh. yeah, but he would. Yeah, if you get that, uh, he's done with. If you get that Shaun of the yeah. Dead hot fuzz yeah. gore in there, yeah. yeah. Well, I could, no, I could see it. That. I could see it. I mean, since since it's a lot of the book is you know is predicated on that first issue going the way it goes, right? You introduce all these characters and then they all die by the end. It seems more like it might make a really good show. Versus yeah. a movie necessarily, sure. since obviously yeah. Disney Plus is doing the MCU shows now. I could see it happening, and now with the the merger, you're open all these X characters that you weren't before. So, well, if it's a show, I want to propose um, the Always Sunny creative team. I want to propose Glenn Howerton, Rob McElhenney, and Charlie oh, Day. Oh, that could get <laughs> so gross. Day. They'd Charlie get Day's so back. weird with it. Yeah. <laughs> Once Charlie Charlie Day is done voicing Luigi. <laughs> and, and voice God. uh why did you remind dude. me of that i was having a good day i hope he's not never to, done voicing luigi not to get too far <laughs> off topic but a chris pratt uh, chris pratt is star lord so it's not too far off yeah i think this movie might be a little bit more interesting than people are going to give it credit for because this cast is insane <laughs> legitimately insane okay sorry i've derailed us yet again i apologize do you guys uh, just want to do a quick Mario episode while we're here? <laughs> Can I just Dream say Mario the, Super, casting. the Super Mario Brothers movie that we already have is wonderful, and I think not enough people think it's great. My it man, is. we've already thought about this. It's really good. It's a really good 
good movie and I think people need to give it another chance. Uh, anyway, that's all I have to say. I feel like we're, we've done a, a poor job of finding an ending for this episode. Or at least I've done a poor job as the ostensible person in charge. Uh, sorry. Do you so want to just we all get shot that? or a faces melt off? I mean, like it worked for. <laughs> What's that, Tom? What was guys? that? What was the thing faced character named Splork? <laughs> Splark? Splark. Splark. Oh, I was oh, close. Sluck. 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 Yeah. I wasn't that yeah. far off. Yeah. So just shout Sluck and the episode's over. Is that how That's we it. should end the episode? Probably. Splark! Splark! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. Please hit like and subscribe so you don't miss a single video.